welcome to the Ham and High podcast. I'm Andre Longley, and this week we have something a little bit different. On May the 21st, we held Ham and High, our community's mental health, a day of online events around well-being. We'll be releasing some of the sessions in the coming weeks, and we start with a really fun discussion around comedy. Joining me were stand-ups Charlie George and Rich Wilson, Tash Alexander from the social enterprise Head Held High, and comedy star in the making, Roe Dodgson. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. Let me introduce Charlie George. Charlie, hello. Charlie's a stand-up comedian and is co-host of the podcast Happiness and How to Get It. How, how are you doing today? I'm okay, thank you. Um, I did actually want to call that podcast Despair and How to Release Its Death Grip, but apparently that's not a viable option for Audible, so they said no <laughs> to that. But yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm going to be really honest. I, I found out something this week that I wanted to share on this panel that's apparently the most common lie people say is I'm fine when they're not. So I'm kind of more sort of okay and ready for like a big bear hug from people that I need to see. That's where I'm at right now. Well, thank you for your honesty. We'll look out for honesty from the others. Um, we'll move next to the next stand-up comedian um, who um, may, maybe would be the person to do a big bear hug. Rich Wilson is a stand-up comedian and host of the uh, Insane in the Membrane podcast. Rich, are you there? Hi, how are you doing? Are we good? I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? You're so right, Charlie, with that. We do. We Our, our go-to is like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because you don't want to make a fuss because we're so used to that. But, yeah, I think all of us could do with just one big squeeze. We just want to just squeeze. It's just, it's just that. It's just not. It just, we're, very, we're very sociable. We're animals fundamentally. So we need that contact. And we've not had it for so long. So I think I'm the same. I'm like, I'm all right. I could do with a cuddle. Yeah. I think that's, that's there, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a common feeling. And actually, yeah. something that came up earlier today was the the second question. We have got into the habit of asking people how they are, but the second question can be, are "You really okay? I mean, how how are you really?" It's a fair question to ask. Anyway, mm. let's get on to our, our third panelist for now. So, our third panelist is um, Tash Alexander of Head Held High, which is a social enterprise. Um, and uh, it runs a course called Stand Up For Yourself. Tash, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Hello, everyone. I'm sending you a virtual bear hug right now. So <laughs> hopefully you'll all be receiving the vibes through the screen. Um, yeah, I've just actually finished running a comedy course with um, Islington Residents online just now. Um, yeah, we're a social enterprise. We run um, interactive motivational projects and programs to help encourage people become the best versions of themselves. And our comedy course, Stand Up For Yourself, we've been running it for years, but um, definitely during lockdown and the last year, we've really seen how beneficial it has been for participants. We've been working with young teenagers. We've been um, working in collaboration with MIND um, and adults with mental health issues. And it's all obviously been such a challenging time for everyone and to bring out the funny in your life really helps you reveal the bigger person and not be dominated by our outer circumstances our environment even our emotional state um so it's been a really really powerful quite emotional course to run over the last year it's been a gift that we've won some funding to do this and i've got young young Roe, who i shouldn't say is my star pupil but Roe is is a bit of a gem 
um, quite unforgettable. And Ro um, did our stand-up course face-to-face -face during the first lockdown. I remember there was quite a heat wave and um, we had a group of teenagers, maybe six to eight young young guys um, doing the course at quite a tricky time, but managing to pull out the funny. And um, yeah, Ro, Ro said they'd come along and um, share a little bit of your experience and a little bit of stand up but i don't want to jump the gun i don't know if we're ready for that yet but that that's what we do to really help people bring out their confidence and motivation during challenging times no that sounds like it the right moment for it ro how are you doing oh, today i'm all right i'm definitely a better version of myself since meeting tash um <laughs> I think fine is definitely overrated and would very much like to join in with this bear hug that we're all having. So absolutely, absolutely, we'll invite it. Um, and uh, Rose, so the so the course was um, beneficial. I take it. Yeah, very. I don't know what to say. It was freeing because I didn't, I, I didn't know how to talk about a lot of the things that I ended up talking about, and being with people it was it was hilarious and it was a metamorphosis i'd say i mean your journey's been quite unique sorry i'll just buy it i mean, rose not had an easy time and when the comedy course started it, it did come at quite a interesting time in your life didn't it and you could have easily yeah. sort of said no no to it yeah i could have done um so i was just coming out of a mental health crisis actually and trying to move forward and put it behind me um you know as far as you can well that's that sounds good that it's helped so charlie um you you've talked about mental health before how have you found the last year um i'm like well thanks for sharing that road because i think it's a big deal isn't it to talk about like how you've really coped with stuff i mean i've never spent so much time being so still and inward looking and I didn't realize uh, what a mess it was in there. <laughs> There's a lot of tidying that needs to be done and I've sort of really expertly buried all of my trauma and feelings and being really busy and active all of the time and like the pace of life and the stresses of life and there's always something to be doing and worrying about that you don't really get any reflection time and so I think there was a lot of that for me that was quite scary. Um, and I think it was Blaise Pascal who once said that all of humanity's problems stem from their inability to be alone in a room with themselves. And I think if you add Zoom into that mix and mm. like, like it's even worse, it's like I, I, I never thought what was missing from a conversation was like a live feed of my face. I mean, that's what's happening now and I'm finding it quite intense <laughs> like that's like a next level of self-reflection so yeah it's been quite a reflective time and it, and like that's given me a chance to look at some of the things that I was doing before that were quite unhelpful so I probably came to stand-up comedy after quite a lot of a challenging time in my life too and uh, I think it can often be pain that brings people to new beginnings and so I hadn't really had much time to reflect on the journey before. And so I think that stillness has been really good for that of kind of recognizing, oh, wow, like stopping and looking around at what you've done and then kind of maybe being a bit more conscious about what you want to do next and maybe be slightly less busy, like cancel plans and read a book. Mm. <laughs> That's where I'm at. And I think, I think for, for a lot of us, that was the experience, wasn't it? But then after a while, you have a bit too much stillness and you get out the other end and actually i just want to move a bit what about you rich has it been a similar experience it's been yeah i mean it was you know i've been a comedian for 17 years 
and I, I it was I was going to be at the Soho Theatre. It was a big thing. Everything I'd worked towards, all the sacrifices I'd made, it was this big. It was a big moment. You know, I'm a van driver from Kent, and now I'm playing the Soho Theatre, and so it was this big thing. And then everything I'd worked for went in 20 minutes, like the just this one email after the other. And I just sort of sat and felt I was felt I was strangely zen about it at the beginning. I'm like, well, it can't be helped. It's not personal. This is we're all everybody's now. It's, we all got thrust into this strange world where we were like, oh right, okay. Well, we better get some toilet roll then, and we better get some bread. And it felt like suddenly we were it was really daunting and weird and people did come together in a way that they hadn't done before. And it did shine a light, like Charlie said on what I I put too much, I was putting too much effort into, into it. I was too busy. And I, you know, I put 80,000 miles on my car in two and a half years. Like that's, that's what we did. Mm. Suddenly when it all went away, you go, it suddenly made you reassess and you go, oh, actually, I do need to be taking care of myself a bit more and people. We need to be talking a bit more. Like at the beginning, we talked about like when you say someone, are you all right? And go, yeah, I'm fine. But we don't really know how to tell each other how we're really feeling. And we don't really know how to receive the information. So if someone does say, actually, I'm really struggling. And I'm actually, I've had some thoughts that, you know, I don't, maybe I don't really, I don't really want to be here anymore. And, and we don't, we, we, we've not been taught how to do this. So suddenly all we've got is time and each other. And so we've all been learning how to, how to communicate again. It's been really, it's been quite enlightening, really. That, you know, it's all very well saying, are you really okay? But actually being ready to receive the information is also, is also something that we've picked up this year. It's been, I'm definitely not the person I was before March 2020. No, that's interesting. Yeah. And especially what with what you do specifically with the podcast with um inside of the membrane it is having that conversation and inviting that inviting yeah. that opening up isn't it i mean this is the like, question that i've had people on because i have guests on not necessarily comedians but i want to talk to people i want to talk to women about what it actually means to be a woman what it feels like to be a woman like the changes, like the, 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 what, we don't have these conversations men don't really have them we don't we understand periods we know what it is but we don't really understand what goes on like that because it's not just a few days it's not just a week it's a constant cycle that I've never really been told about and so but I have people on the podcast that it's a safe space for really for me to ask questions and say what does it feel like to be a woman what does it feel like to be trans like what what is the what goes on and and people talk to me about what it's like to be a man as well and it's, you know, you can't ask these things on Twitter. You'll get set on fire and booted out into the, into the street. But. Oh, Rich, can I just say, because I love what you're saying, and I think one of the big things I've been learning about in all of my, my reading, my books, it's um, like... <laughs> Like, I, I think there was this little animation video that I watched that was so amazing about, because I've had a lot of friends go through difficult stuff and I also hide. Like when I'm having a hard time, what I do is I hide because I feel ashamed. And I think I should come back out when I'm having a positive time again. And so, and I was like, oh, how on earth do we help people when they're in the moment of having a hard time? Because yeah. that's the bit that feels like the hardest to sit with. And there was this lovely little animation about how like when someone's in the hole, you don't go in and sort of, 
tell them, you know, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Or it's not as bad as someone else. Like you don't start fixing. You sort yeah. of try and just be there with them and say, oh, that's really rubbish. I'm, but I'm here. And I think yeah. kind of can we learn to be with that discomfort and negative feelings and also have the bravery. I mean, I've been ringing some friends and being like actually I really need to talk to someone because I've been working from home and I'm like so isolated I haven't spoken to anyone yeah. in ages like and being more honest about that mm. yeah that that's seems- it it is that it's because sometimes you think oh, how can I how can I put it across how I'm really feeling when sometimes you've just got to just just do what just do it with the tools that you have so you don't have to put it across in any in a certain way it doesn't have to sound like a doctor saying you just gotta go I feel really shit, to be honest. I'm feeling really crap, and I don't know why. I think it's because I'm on my own. You know that it's that mm. just use the vocabulary yeah. that you have, and yeah. people will respond to it in a way that I've I've done it a few times, especially because I sound like a bloke. I'm a geezer, and people I say I I'm, I always project that oh, I'm all right. I'm fine. I can get on with it. So I it felt it's really hard when I did turn around and say I'm actually really struggling with this I don't know what to do and I don't know how to tell you suddenly I had other men saying to me yeah I feel the same I feel the same and it it kind of and it it was clunky but it opened things up so I think it's just it doesn't matter how you do it it's just as long as you do it and you'll be surprised at the at the outcome I think and Tash is this um, presumably what what you do on these courses yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm echoing everything that you've said, and it's making me think. You know, we've we've never experienced anything collectively like this. So, you know, as a foundation, whatever challenges you've had through this time, it's like we're all experiencing the same foundation. Exactly what you you're saying. You know, to open up, it's pushed us to be truthful and, and to connect with each other. I know my friend said to me, you know, she was sick of phoning people. She started sending postcards, and that little postcard that somebody received it brightened up their day. I know when you finally saw somebody face to face, it felt like, you know, an amazing, amazing experience within your day. Um, yeah, I mean, I found especially running the comedy course when we we ran it with adults from mind and I was struggling. And what the, this sort of work does is it pushes you to bring out your bigger self of come on, you know, Tash, you've got it in you like all of us, I think. You know, we spent so much time on our own. It's probably the first time that we spend this amount of time on our own, you know, looking, sorting out the clothes drawer and never being so bored of what you, you know, what, what, you, what you wear and just think, I just want to buy one new thing. Um, but I remember this comedy course, you know, people are having really serious issues where somebody had sort of chronic fatigue, somebody else had sort of um, financial problems, but they were getting on that Zoom for two hours a week and we were managing to have a laugh and it just brightened up their day. And we, we, were, we were all in it together. It wasn't like I was coming there and going, right, I'm full of beans. I mean, I know that when you give to other people, that is the biggest joy, I think, you know, just like, you know, Charlie, through your stand-up, it's like when you connect with another person and you make, their, you make them laugh, you know, both of you, it's like you're raising their life state. So, so being in that position always pushed me just to be my bigger self and, and feel a bit better just by connecting with the others. But we were really, yeah, all in the same boat together, but just with different challenges. So to find that laughter was just a gift to all of us. And you can come as you are, right? Like that's yeah. been one of the nice things about Zoom gigs that like they have their challenges. But there were times where I realised, oh, actually, there's a lot of people who might not come to a gig for accessibility reasons who were able yeah. 
to be in their living room and to show me their pets, which I was deeply grateful for. <laughs> I, met, I met a lot of bunnies. I met some dogs, a couple of parakeets. Like there was great things going on in people's living rooms. And it felt really intimate. Like definitely there were times where it was exposing. Do I wish that I tidied my room a bit more before I went on Zoom? Yes. Um, but mainly it was just like really nice to feel like that sense of connection when you can't gather. And I think that's something that, this time really made me realize is like I think kind of what you were saying Rich of like I've been putting so much energy into the work part of my life which I think a lot of us feel pressured to do for financial reasons obviously and I'd forgotten that actually all the things that I missed were like just being with other people like that mm. really helped my mind a lot like yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. The, the, sim the simple shared laughter is is such an important thing isn't it I mean I assume it's why we do it that if you can be in a room or a group or just two of you sharing a laugh, it, um, it, it washes some things away. Absolutely. Yeah. Ro, was that um, something, getting the laugh, was that something you found as a kind of therapeutic I mean, thing? yes, when it happened. It was very, <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> it did happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's one. You mentioned, Rich, you mentioned before, I mean, I mean Zoom, as you say, and Charlie is... is has been great it's, it's been great for some things um but you must also miss the audience the the kind of physical presence of the audience and 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 rich you were talking about you were going to be doing soho theater and, and that how have you found without that audience right there you just find another way of it, it was daunting to start with when the zoom gig started up and i remember the first one so there wasn't any feedback whatsoever you're just talking to your laptop and then you did the gig and then you go, all right, thanks, bye. And you shut your laptop and then you're still in your lounge and you feel, you don't know what you've done. You feel weird. Um, but then it started to, it started to get better and we had, there were audience members there. So you get a bit of feedback and things, but it taught, I think it taught comedians. I taught people in general how to talk to the, to a, to a camera. I think a lot of us, I get more voice notes now from people than I used to ever get. Nobody used to do that. You know, and now, you know, we used to, I, I don't like talking on the phone. I, I, I'm like, my phone is function only. So I'm like, just if someone, you know, if someone rings you, like, what are you ringing me for? Just text me and I'll meet you. You know, don't ring me and say, how are you? Because that's weird. Um, so, but now we're used to this. We're used to it. And like Charlie said, there's, we've, we've forgotten that there was a whole bunch of people out there that didn't have access to live shows. They didn't have access to, to going out. They suddenly felt included in something. They suddenly had access. Like we were, we were getting beamed mm -hmm. into their hands. And and I've seen a lot of comedians now. They're going, oh, no more Zoom gigs. Zoom gigs is done. You're like, no, 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 no. We've now tapped into something. And those people that that felt part of us again, they're now feeling like they're getting shut out again. So I feel that Zoom gigs now, or online gigs, are now going to be part. Live stream stuff is definitely now going to be part of something that we do, and have to do. It really has opened our eyes to that sort of thing. But it's made me, I did a gig at the Bill Murray last week and there was, I didn't have any audience whatsoever. There was not even people. They were downstairs minding the man in the tech. So I had a camera. I didn't really know what that was. And I'm in a big room in the dark, just talking. <laughs> and I don't know what I did. I didn't, there was no feedback. It, was no, it wasn't until afterwards and people messaged me, mate, oh my God, whoa. I'm like, I was, I, I, was a, I was a man from Kent just talking in a dark room. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's yeah. right. 
I mean, it's really strange, isn't it? Because I, I think I did that gig as well. And I did one as well, which was like a live stream where it wasn't a Zoom and it just went out. I think it went out to NHS workers, like, and they yeah, could right. watch it between stuff. And it was really fun to do, but because I used to work in the NHS and um, and it was nice to do for stuff. But like, you literally were just on a stream link. So like, you couldn't see anyone. Mm. And so I was just kind of like, how on earth am I going to give it some welly? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got little act outs and stuff I'm doing. And I've like, I've never felt more insane. Like, I was just kind of like, <laughs> like really emphatically yelling in my room but I kind of learned how to give it the same welly that I would if they were there and sometimes I have to be honest this is the cheeky bit of me that's like kind of always wanted to be released from the formalities of communication and just mm. able to just do what I want and not worry about it so it was kind of good in that sense too and I I hope that um some online stuff of people's tours stays because what we had was international audiences too people from around the world staying up late and watching you from another country so that's really cool yeah absolutely it's funny you talk about the formalities of, the formalities of communication with that with the, the starting an email like it was all, i hope you well and then it was trying to find new ways of doing that and in the end we didn't even bother we we're just like if it, it just became like a, emails became like just a text it's like <laughs> we got this we do that instead of like hi i hope this email finds you well you know it was just all that, I think this whole thing has really shone a light on what's necessary and what isn't anymore. It was interesting early on that, because I went to a fair few of the early gigs, um, nice and spiky ones, which I think you might have both oh, done yeah, at some yeah. point. And, and it was interesting because there is, there's a different skill, isn't there? And there's a different, you, you could see in the early ones, it's a lot of uncertainty and people started working out the tricks of the trade that, of course, have been developed on stage for 50 years or whatever but this is such a new thing so for example both Charlie and Rich you're sitting a lot closer to the camera than pretty much anybody <laughs> else I've had on panels today and I don't know if that's conscious but you're kind of aware that they're bigger bigger presence so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big thing. the other thing that strikes me is that one of the big successes in in culture this year has been Taskmaster becoming mainstream or moving from Dave and putting stand-up and comedy front and centre is there anything else that aside from that that anybody's seen Charlie that has really made you laugh or, or stand up? I've got to be honest I haven't seen Taskmaster which is shameful mm. really because I've had friends of mine that have been on it and I'm like mm. oh, I haven't seen it um do you know what I love <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race the UK version absolutely brilliant not a joke just a fact it's great like I love it I think that we really needed that me and my housemates had a ritual every Thursday night of watching that also Twitter is awful and I'm terrible at the internet because like I'm you know like, I was born 29 years BT before TikTok like I have no capability of that kind of sphere but basically there was this dog and I still think about this dog all the time a dog who had a ball in his mouth that had a picture of teeth on it so that it looked like he had this big cheesy grin and that was doing the rounds at one of the lockdowns and that really got me through <laughs> <laughs> this that's laughing amazing. dog it was so brilliant <laughs> that's Very amazing funny. you can polished oh. material as much as you like but actually you just got to get to the nugget of it it's a ball in a mouth I think the internet peaked at cat videos we should have stopped there like <laughs> <laughs> what about you Ro what have you seen in the last year that's really made you laugh well I don't know if it's the last year but Douglas by Hannah Gadsby oh, okay um ah. that was that was brilliant I mean she starts the show with a dog made of crayons so that's kind of like your laughing dog um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that was brilliant that's yeah no it's amazing show and tash what about you 
I'm just remembering I uh, remember when we hit the first lockdown and everybody was sending comedy videos to each other like constantly we were all receiving them like those I can't think of one that stood out but I just remember I did feel kind of proud to be British that we were like all going through this <laughs> like what the hell's going on in the world and you'd still receive something funny I mean I've been watching and I'm quite surprised sort of a lot of would I lie to you because I just think Lee Mack is hilarious and I think you do you know like Netflix just has become the biggest subject that I talk about with my mates because everyone's like what else is there to watch what can I watch I've just it's that series blah 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 motherland keeps popping up of, of a yeah. comedy that keeps coming up i haven't yet got through <laughs> it but I'm, I'm just about to start but yeah that, that's getting a lot of praise rich the podcast which we touched on before insane in the membrane have you found that the the conversations have have changed as time's gone on in this last year i think what was interesting is that there are people that you that you see as successful even they were everybody this this whole last year really leveled everything everybody was on the same mm. on the same level i had heston blumenthal on um and i had uh Ramesh on and rob beckett and all these people and and they were all saying the same thing, like they, yeah, they, you see them on the TV, and and but they were all in their houses, and and it really, they were they were talking about the fact, oh, you know, we we do miss that being that we got choice was taken away, really. If you even if you don't want to go to the shops, or you don't want to go to the pub, the you, to have the choice is still something that is nice to have, and that got taken away. We literally got shut in our houses and weren't allowed to go out. And so, yeah, I mean, Heston was in his, he was in his lab in France. And even, he, even, I know, which is the, probably the best place. It's like being in Willy Wonka's factory. But mm. even he said, you know, because of the choice get taken away, like, you know, he loves what he does, but now he's, 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 that's all he has. And you forget the little things like being able to see people going around to see family and friends and the fundamentals that make us, that, that get us through. Also, yeah. I wouldn't want to be stuck with Heston Blumenthal's <laughs> No offense, but like, what a nightmare. Like, darling, I've made you some more snail porridge. I'm like, I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> a sandwich, mate. <laughs> I mean, I like, trying, I like trying new things, but if it's every day and he's only got experimentation to get through life, that's going to be a challenge. Um, he worked he worked with my ex and uh, that's how I that's how I got to know I got to meet him and he loves a bag of Walker's salt and vinegar so it's yes. not all yeah <laughs> I mean, so it's not all, it's not all fog and mist and <laughs> I love that I love just imagining him sat on the sofa with some ready salted crisps that's just very humble yeah, that's, that's his go-to that's his comfort food <laughs> that's hilarious Bang <laughs> That's good to hear, um, Charlie. What's um, I suppose I suppose I'm asking. What's what are you looking forward to? Where, where you must be planning things and and looking ahead now. Yeah. What am I looking forward to? I'm uh, I'm looking forward to swimming. I'm going to a swimming pool really soon, and I've missed swimming a lot. And like certain things that I used to do that I haven't really done much of during this time, and seeing my friends and like being in nature is like my real sort of heart space stuff. And then I do have shows coming up as well that I am excited to get back to it, but quite nervous as well mm. that like I've forgotten things because I'd only been going for like about three and a half years before this happened. So, similarly to Rich, I felt a lot of kind of like 
oh, all of those Edinburgh's I was going to have and like stuff I was meant to be working on to like improve and like that route sort of went away. But now what I'm excited about is that there isn't such a ladder anymore, like that kind of constant machine of feeling like, oh, kind of like the story that we have about you go to school and then you go to uni and then you get this job. I think stand up or any career has those little sort of cycles of what you should do. And I feel yeah. quite liberated now to be like, I'm not sure what the path looks like, but mm. I know that writing and performing and like writing really took off for me during this time and kept me going. And I feel like, oh, you know, maybe I've got some new passions and it might take a different shape to where I wanted to go. Maybe I don't have to do it in this linear route. And so that actually is something mm. I'm really looking forward to is like doing it my own way and thinking, oh, maybe I'll just feel it out and see what my career looks like. That's exactly. really interesting. You quite yeah. often hear from from comedians that, is, that say they've done Edinburgh for so and so many years in a row, and then they stopped, and then they realised they didn't actually have to. They could. There was a choice. It didn't have to be that 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 cycle. Yeah, like, yeah. I really want to go to America when I'm allowed and do some gigs there because my dad lives there, and like that's always been a dream of mine to do a road trip. So as soon as it's legal, I think I'm going to get a motorbike and go around America, which is such a sort of midlife crisis thing to say but you know why not this time has made me realize maybe I won't get a chance to do it if I wait it's it's one of those unknowns isn't it how hard is it going to be to hire a motorbike in LA I, I just don't know whether everybody will have them or it's just you um, <laughs> Ro what um obviously there's uh you know gigs are going to start up again um have you got ideas of, of gigs or shows or, or things you want to put on I have I have no idea I'm still in the school funnel of do you want to go to uni do you not um i'm looking forward to binge watching tv in a cafe instead of at home because that's a tiny <laughs> bit less depressing um <laughs> so yeah, I, I, am ho- I am hoping I'm, I'm hoping to do a fundraising event at um the comedy store and bribe row to do a few minutes there which i think would be a wonderful experience so um row knows i i do keep in, um getting in contact with them to to um try try this bit of comedy here try this there because they're yeah you're very talented thank you well excellent i mean let, let us know when that's happening tash um what about you rich is have you got the soho theater booked up for the yes next months instead we, we had the first one last night and it, everybody was so pleased to be out. It was it was euphoric. At the end of it, there was a, it just, everybody, and then afterwards we were talking outside, and everybody was just happy to be back. But it's it really interesting what Charlie said. I've gone through the same thing. You kind of you start in comedy, and they go right. Well, you have to do it this way, and and it never felt I never felt right. I was like, well, I just felt like I was sort of hemmed into this this like go to Edinburgh and do this, and then that, and then. But yeah, just I've now I've learned. Yeah, just do your own thing. Just do gigs. Do the gigs you want to do. Um, if you other projects, if you want to do them, I'm doing some writing stuff with people and follow your own path, which is something that I never thought I never thought I had a path before. I thought I was just kind of following the foot of everybody else. And now I've got yeah, all manner of gigs starting up, and and we're doing we're going to be doing online things, and there's a podcast and a radio show, and yeah, just doing stuff and not worrying about what everyone else is doing. So it's really, it's been really liberating. So what Charlie was saying is absolutely the way to go. Get your motorbike and go around America. I've gigged in America. It's brilliant. I gigged in Me, sat, in sat in traffic in LA by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. Route 66, baby. 
No, I'm so up for it, man. And me and another comic talked about it. But also, I'd like to bring back the night that I started running. So before the lockdown, I, I was running like a night, like not all the time, but like every few months, we used to run um, Crack Up Comedy Cabaret, which was in aid of um, Core Arts in Hackney. They're a really cool mental health charity. And we had a lot of mental health service users come. And, and it was such a cool night. Like me and my mate used to host it in NHS Scrubs. And one of us would always be too depressed or anxious to do the show. And so we needed the audience to like help us start the show. So it always started in pandemonium. Like I remember one time I was lying on the floor and someone was trying to give me CPR and it turned out I was just depressed and I wasn't dying. <laughs> and I needed like the whole audience to get me going. And then we used to book acts for that sort of drag acts and comedy acts and musical acts. And that was like a little queer club. Uh, in East London and I just loved it like it was small it wasn't like a huge audience but it was really kind of loyal and I think it was a space where you know your course sounds so amazing and I'm so glad that that's happening and Ro if I do the night you have to come and perform yeah. Definitely. because we need that <laughs> in terms of material itself and um, the, the role of uh, approaching mental health within the material. I mean, obviously, um, you can talk about whatever you want. That's the beauty of stand-up, I suppose, is you can pretty much say anything. Um, but do you think, Rich, do you think it's important that mental health is one of the subjects on the table? Um, I think it's important. It is important that... I think it's important that we talk about it. And I think it's important that we find ways... To, to cope with it, to help each other rather. Because it, it's like at the moment, everybody's sharing videos of the, you know, the, the, the atrocities that's going on in Palestine. And and, and you're like, yeah, I, all right, okay. That, but what does that do? What does that do? It doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't help really. You're just showing me what I already know is happening, which makes me feel even more helpless because I can't, I can't, what can I physically do? And that's the same with, um, with mental health. We can all talk about it, you know, and talk about, oh, I, you know, I, this, I, I, this, I, this is my version of it. That's your version of it, whatever. But we, I think we need to start talking about how, if we talk about how we cope with our own, how we keep our own mental health healthy, mm. those are the conversations we should have, you know, that, you know, and it, and again, like Charlie said, going back to her saying like, there's not, there isn't, you know, that you, you follow your own path. It's the same with anything you do, like with comedy, with writing, you know, different people do it in a different way some people sit and write for hours some people just have bullet points and they have I, a lot of it's in my head and I just kind of think all the time I can't really sit and write so and like with mental health looking after your mental health do what you do find something that works for you so you might want to go to the gym or you might just go for walks or you might just eat a little healthier or you know don't beat yourself up when all you want to do is curl up on in a ball and watch Netflix eating a you know big handful of minstrels you know that Give yourself a break, you know. You can go to the gym. You can go and eat minstrels. You know, it's 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 what as long as you're as long as you're you know happiness is too much. That's an that's extra. What you're looking for is contentment, and contentment is when you kind of look around and you go, oh, actually, I've got some lovely people around me. Mm. Works all right. Things are going okay. Yeah, this is all right. You know, it's we we're struggling. We're we're striving for this extra thing, which is happiness is more chemicals, and it's. It's extra. What you want is content. You want to look around and go, actually, yeah, this is all right. There's no, there's toxic people that are in my life. I don't spend time with them anymore. You know, we, we're, we're too busy trying to please the wrong people sometimes. And I think, you know, just try talk about that. Talk about how you're coping, how you make, how you look after your own mental health. 
and then other people were inspired to talk about how they how they take care of their mental health and you know i think that's these are the conversations we need to have so you know yeah we could talk about it all day but it doesn't really get us anywhere so we need to talk about the next step like okay how do we how do we how do we recognize the the triggers how do we you know that's the other thing as well because the when the when depression hits you it hits you and it hits you hard and it and it's debilitating and you and you and you and you feel you, you because it's really weird because you, you know it flattens you and you're just laying on the bed staring at the ceiling and you're like I don't know why I'm feeling like this today because yesterday I was buoyed and I was running around and now I'm not and I don't and we and then I don't know it's those conversations we need to have rather than just talking about it we need to talk about how we deal with it you know mm-hmm. how we yeah, I, I agree, Rich, because I think there's something about like everybody's the buzzword is like awareness, but I kind mm. of feel like provide for services, like please provide more for services, which is why we started our yeah. night because we were like we need we want to raise money for a local service, like someone who's actually doing something. And that that yeah. charity is really great because they do a lot of like therapeutic art activities for people who are in that interim stage. Because I used to work at Homerton Hospital, it's a lot of people who were sort of connected there. That would go and then you'd have stuff like a space to actually work from because I think I mean I, I remember a bit of my material I think I spoke about kind of because you're talk, talking about like it, it being in the material but I used to talk about how uh, I once cried for the whole length of the northern line and how I didn't get a tissue out until high barnet and and I saw that as like a real strength <laughs> and like now I'm way more like get the tissue out at Tufnell Park do you know what I mean like be nice to yourself like that's that's what Rich is saying right it's like we have to think about what we do and how we show up for ourselves, but also how we show up for other people. So for me, the reason why it's important in comedy is probably not as important as funding mental health services. And, and you know, we can go on about awareness, but that's what needs to happen. But I think it does provide a space for community and honesty. And I think community and honesty is really important for mental health because then we have a space where we can, we can talk about how we manage it personally ourselves and together because we we are a community of people going through it yeah absolutely and in terms of in terms of um of services and and funding yeah i mean clearly it's right and it it was an issue funding was an issue and resources 18 months ago let alone now um so something very clearly needs to change on that tash have you got um, more courses coming up Oh, I got more. Yes, we, we're going to be working with um, Mind in Barnet and we've just connected with Mind in Islington who are interested. So we've just got to find the funds. I've just got to nick some money from somewhere to, to put it on. But I'm I'm so passionate about this course now. I mean, I've really noticed in people, they do choose to talk about the challenging stuff and it's such an achievement. Last year, the oldest client we have was 75 decided to talk about his childhood, really, really difficult childhood, just talking about how ugly he was as a child. His family hated him. He said his mother his mother was slapped in the face when he was born rather than them slapping him on the bum. And he was so scared to do this comedy. And then he did it. And he said to me, it really closed a chapter of my life just doing this course, you know, in, in, a, in a positive way. So, yeah, I'm really doing my best to promote and, and raise the funds. I do have to say, I know I'd said to Ro that Ro could do, I don't know if you've got time to do absolutely, like one minute, absolutely. you haven't forgotten, but um, yeah. I mean, Ro's a pure example of, of strength and courage in, in, in what you chose to write about. But yeah, we'll definitely be doing more. Ro, do you want to um, <laughs> give us so a bit of a So here's me talking about stuff with no reference to how to deal with mental health whatsoever. <laughs> um, 
my internet connection is also unstable, a bit like me. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> identify as non-binary. Some people think I identify as Ed Sheeran, which <laughs> makes me identify as really pissed off. <laughs> I'm 18, if you hadn't guessed. Why would you guess? I look about four. I'm turning 19 in November, and I've already got my date booked at the Kids Off play area, the one with all those colourful plastic balls to make up for the pair that I don't have. <laughs> Being non-binary and ginger is a recipe for getting asked really stupid questions <laughs> like does the carpet match the drapes i mean yes but why are you asking me about furniture <laughs> my therapist always feels better about her life after talking to me she's my ninth <laughs> therapist and we get on really well but she gets a bit funny when I talk about my ex-therapists. <laughs> she keeps wanting to know how long we were together, who left who. She's so paranoid. I told her they were just casual relationships. None of them were long-term. Not like you. <laughs> Talking of therapy, I spent time in a psychiatric ward. It was great. I finally found some normal people. <laughs> Inedible food, unwatchable DVDs. I learned that the wall around the place is just to stop the staff from running away. But it did get five stars on TripAdvisor. They did. Um, yeah. One day the nurses raised the alarm. Oh my God, there's a kid on the fence. Yeah, that's me. See, I was sitting on the fence because I was trying to escape but I took one look at the streets of Newham and decided I'd be better <laughs> off staying in. They did set me free in the end, just in time for COVID. Thank God I didn't miss the show. <laughs> I've been Ed Sheeran. You've been great. Thank you for watching. Well, thank you very much, Ro. That was brilliant. And um, thank you, Charlie, Tash and Rich as well. It's been a really good session and, and thank you for joining us today and all the best for the well, for the coming months, whatever it holds. Oh, thank you. And for you too. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And Mark, that was amazing. Kick-ass set. Loved it. Thanks to Charlie, Rich, Tash and Ro for joining us. Hit subscribe. We'll be back soon.